Hey guys, it's Dale Hart Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. The Download. <laughs> download. Now go with that. All right, the Dale Jr. Download. <laughs> we got some down. We got some. We got some secrets to tell today. Yeah. Um, Dirty Mo Media. We're in Exalta Studios with Mike Davis, Matthew Dillner, the producer. Um, we got a lot of content. Good, t- good content today. Yeah, listen, I mean, you for the first time since joining NBC, you uh, simulated a race broadcast on Sunday. I'm curious to hear how you think you did. Also, Amy had her first baby shower over the weekend. Of all the gifts you received, I bet there's one that you have no idea what it is or how it works. But I will ask you that. Plus, we've got a fan-submitted questions, or many fan-submitted questions. One of them is, have you ever disguised yourself in public places? I think it's possible that you have. We'll download it. All right. We'll download. Let's download. Let's do the Dale Jr. download. (laughs) Spurs. Check. Pat. Check. Microphone. It's time. Amy, stay inside for the best. Focus. Steady. Here we go. Three paces. One. Two. Three. The Dale Jr. download starts now. see what we have going on here it's a texas theme and we did have uh some texas theme stuff going on in this race on sunday we had jammed guns you had some uh you know some hurt feelings some strong words even had the government making an error the sheriff the sheriff sheriff nascar made an error they fessed up to it <laughs> and their spittoons. The townspeople were <laughs> townspeople were up in arms. They were upset. <laughs> oh man! But man, Texas race. I don't even know where to start with that. Like, what, what was the bigger story? Was it the pit guns or was it Sheriff NASCAR well, fessing up to their errors? I don't know. You know, I think the big story is something I'm trying to get to the bottom of. Uh, the wives show for for CNT. <laughs> That's the big story. Is yeah. this what has your attention right now? The wives show for <laughs> CMT. All right, has uh, apparently it's good to go, green lit. But one of them, one of the wives and 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 a wife and husband, uh-huh. had to back out because of a sponsor stepped in and said you can't you can't do the show. Really, there's a little speculation on social media about which couple that was. I mean, that's a big deal. What was the speculation? Well, I don't, I don't, I mean, nobody knows. I think it's Denny. So I'll be interested to find out. Because I know they were supposed to be in the show, I thought. If it's not, if Denny's not in the show, man, I'm really changing my perspective on the optimism of the show and and being excited about (laughs) it goes down. So Denny has to be in the show, even though it's about NASCAR wives? And girls, Denny girlfriends. And, well, you want you want the you want NASCAR. You want the drivers are going to be in this show. Yeah, you know you're going to see some Austin Dillon, Kyle Busch. You know it's it's good for uh, it's good for everybody. And if Denny's not in it, man, it's just not quite as exciting. You know why I think you might be right, and I have no idea. By the way, I have no insight into this, and the fact that Dell Jr. is uh, this is what's on the top of his mind right now as we come into the Dell Jr. Download. Now I know why he calls it the Dell Jr. Download. Now he's trying to get the download on trying this, to get the scoop on this uh, wife show. But <laughs> if, if there is a sponsor that's stepping in saying no, I mean Denny is one of the few, if not the only one, that has that season-long sponsor, yeah. right? I mean, like FedEx 
sponsors in the, the entire year. I would say that that might lend to them having some influence over what their driver does because they have the most sweat equity in their driver. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I don't know. Is that, that could be way off there. The rumor is that several sponsors pressed their drivers to not be involved. Some said, hey, we're doing it. Really? Yeah. And some, and All right, let me think what I, some what I said, feel about this. Maybe one said, hey, I, you know, we want, me and my wife, we want to do this. We're doing it. And then one said, yeah, maybe we won't. I could see Denny not wanting to do it personally. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. I was excited. A little less excited about the show, but it's still probably going to watch it. Got to watch, gotta the, watch the first couple. Yeah, I mean, I mean you're going to yeah. watch the first couple episodes, right, Mike? Even you. I would watch it, yeah. Yeah, yeah everybody's going to watch it. I would it. watch it. But you know what, though? I, I would want Denny in it. I do not want to watch a you know an Austin Dillon, Kyle Busch heavy show, right? Like, I'm I'm less interested. No no offense to them. I'm less interested in uh, their, their significant others. Yeah, their personal <laughs> lives. I, well, I am. I am. They're, they're maybe not be as much polarizing figure in this sport right now, but this might make them. Yeah. That. I think that you're gonna. I think that you might be just a little surprised by Austin, <laughs> Dylan, <laughs> really, and and his. Is it Whitney? Yeah, Whitney. They're a lot of fun to follow on social media. They're <laughs> yes, they're they they're a riot, you know. Um, and neither one's really scared to sort of show them their true self, you know. So it's gonna be that part's gonna be pretty fun. If you follow Whitney on her Instagram, hilarious stuff. What if it's Austin Dylan that's getting the sponsor um, slap on the hand. And I'll say, be happy Denny's in the show then. Yeah, so you want Denny or yeah. Austin Dillon. You'd be okay with either one of them. Well, those two, I think. <clears throat> but without both of them. Well. It starts to go downhill. Oh, yeah, without okay. both. Without, so without I, either of them. I yeah, I think Denny brings a lot to the table. I think Austin brings a lot to the table for a show like that. It's a, it's something up in the air whether Samantha and Kyle will be, you know, exciting on in a show context like that. I, I think so. I think Samantha's pretty entertaining and uh, she engages on social media she you know since you seem to have your hand on the pulse of this show <laughs> is, there the executive any, producer. Is, is there any non-drivers that uh have their wives or girlfriends uh, uh like former drivers um i mean like do they are, are they all current drivers in their in i their really don't know the the real details of who's in and who's not you're not trying to get him on there, are you? Well, I'm just si simply asking because, <laughs> I mean, he's so into this show or the prospects I wanna, of the show. Well, all right. But I don't think he would ever want Amy on it. Or I don't think Amy would ever Me do and, it. No, we're, we're, all, we're like fans of shows like this. Not We don't want to partake in these shows. We want to be watching them. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you want to partake. You especially don't want to participate. Like, especially, yeah. get, get this, man. Imagine a reunion show where they're all in the same room you know like the housewives do they get them they have these reunions and they even they're so good they have a, like a part two of these reunions you know it's not just one reunion there's a part two they're so good oh, so you're like is this like real world like at the end well, of the year at the yeah. end of the season they put everybody yeah, yeah. in the same room and it's no holds barred it's like a cage match they discuss all of the episodes and all of the fights well, and, yep. squabbles and ain't and no and everybody in the same room you can't go nowhere mm. it's great so imagine that with this show okay yeah it might be real PG. I don't think they're going to be going at each other and arguing and carrying on like the housewives do on Bravo. I don't think that's going to happen. Listen, though, you just brought up something, though. If, if sponsors are really starting to influence uh, these people, there's good prospect. This show never happens, and you are going to be pretty well, upset about it, it, it appears. <laughs> nobody's really um, making any comment, but some well-placed executives 
have have said in recent days that it's going to be greenlit. So what are you reading? I'm reading Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> of course, from Adam Stern, man. I mean, he knows okay, his yeah. stuff. He okay, knows, Sports yeah. Business Journal. Yeah, he knows his okay. stuff. Okay, <laughs> but but I've seen that uh, there's been rumors of this type of show happening again. But after this that. type of show has happened. Yeah, the, the, the MBS twenty four seven. Well, Kyle and Samantha did a show like this for a while. Um, actually, Harvick and Delana did a show like this at one point, similar to this, where it was a look into their home life. Dale, you were on that show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You said so Kevin and Delaney yeah. show. No, no. You. It was that NASCAR drivers three sixty. Three sixty. Okay. Yeah. And that was after the Dylan NBS twenty four seven. Well. Yeah. The NBS twenty four. Yeah. Stuff yeah, like this ain't. One. This isn't new territory. With the current success of the Bravo stuff, this is really intriguing to me. So. I think it'll work now. Yeah. You know. If they're willing to go go there off the rails, yeah. <laughs> If they're willing, if they're if the if the wives and the husbands are willing for that circus to happen, otherwise it's not going to make it past the first season. Season. Let me ask you guys. I'm going to assume that there's some legitimacy to this Twitter uh, sourcing that Dale Jr. is bringing up on the show. And this is, by the way, your recap of Texas, so so everyone's clear. Um, if sponsors really do influence the drivers on whether they can participate or not, do you see that as potentially an overstepping? of sponsor influence and especially when our sport great question is in a situation where we got to generate God, yeah this stuff is gonna be great this stuff will be i, I was going to agree with you this will be good content that the today's audience is going to like this i'm not saying the the constant i'm not saying that the, the the major narrative of critiquing nascar is that it's over corporate but some of it is. I mean, so some people say that, that it's just kind of turned to corporate America and everything. I mean, everything. we've seen and that. If and Kyle if Bush the case, does something bad and then, you know, a sponsor a few years ago, you know, there was a little sponsor backlash. I guess it was the Hornaday deal or whatnot. You know, we see before where sponsors kind of give a yeah. little backlash. That's a sensitive deal, and I think that's what you're getting at, right? Yeah. That's true. But we've also seen the sponsors sort of dial back their dollars. We will, and maybe we're not there yet, but we will get to a point to where the leverage goes away from the the sponsor and back into the hands of the owners and the drivers where they have a little bit more say in exactly what yeah. they can get their sales involved in. This is what I used to love about Budweiser. I'll just say that. Budweiser <laughs> yeah. would just flock to opportunities like this, right? Because <laughs> people drink beer. Yeah, Budweiser would love it. Oh, they would have just been all over it, right? Anyways, I'll say that. So some sponsors, um, some sponsors may be excited about this. Yeah. I think this is a good time to move on to our review of the Texas race. And let's start that. Let's start doing that by talking about uh, what we did yesterday, which was really, really exciting. Uh, people ask me all the time, like, how do we, how do we, how are you going to prepare for this new job, this new opportunity broadcasting? What do you do? You know, do you just jump right in there in the booth in July in Chicago? Like, how is it practicing or what? So there is practicing. What we did this past Sunday for the Texas race was we went over to the Hall of Fame. We got into the MRN or the radio booth there that the Hall of Fame has and we simulated a broadcast of the Texas race, and using the feed from Fox, we simulated this broadcast. We obviously can't control what's on the TV. We can't say to the producer, "Hey, man, go watch this battle. Change, you know, change what we're looking at." But we can, you know, we can kind of do some uh, mock broadcasting, and and it was a lot of fun. What they had, what we were doing was we had two booths. I was in one with Steve Letarte, Jeff Burton, and Rick Allen were in the other booth. Rick is going to be the play-by-play. He's going to say, hey, there's a green flag. Here they go. All those good things. And then they sort of hand the baton around 
they might pass it to me and Steve, and me and Steve just sit there and talk a little bit about what we were seeing. It was so much fun. And I've been in the booth before and had a lot of fun when I was doing that in 2016 when I got to go into the NBC booth a couple times that year. And uh, I was a little, you know, I was, I was anticipating and, and anxious to get started uh, preparing for this job. Well, that was the first real opportunity to get in there and get a sense of what that's going to feel like. I, I swear it's the most fun you can have wearing a sports coat. <laughs> Honest to God. We, I, we had a great race, which I thought Texas was a great race. So that helps. But even when maybe the cars got strung out and it wasn't quite as exciting for a lot of a lot of fans, I still enjoyed what I was seeing and calling that action and trying to figure out what was going on on the racetrack. I, I don't know how to explain how much fun I had doing that. I don't know how to tell you guys why it's fun because <laughs> broadcasting don't sound fun, don't look fun. You know what I mean? If you were thinking about doing it as a job, does it, does it look exciting? Is it really, you know, I mean, not as it like for right. me, it looked exciting, dude, because that's why I'm in it. But but for you coming from the seat, yeah, there's nothing more exciting you could do with your clothes on than than drive a race car. Yeah, I've always I, said that. So wait, wait, were your clothes on? Yeah. Okay. So, they're, <laughs> so they're, they're. I I just I really enjoyed it. It's I'm going to have so much fun in this opportunity. It was another affirmation of that. I'm making a great choice by going into this, taking this opportunity to to get into broadcasting. So. We sat there and watched that race. We we I thought it was a great race. You saw the tire problems. That's concerning, obviously. They you know, there's a lot of variables at play there that create that situation. Uh, they softened up the left side tire. That creates a little more speed. That puts a little more stress on the right side tires. They're going to go through the corner a little faster. It was very chilly in that particular uh, for this particular race. That's also going to bring the speeds up. So there was a lot of things that sort of played into uh, creating those tire issues. I think if you had a 90-degree afternoon, you might not have seen the same type of situation as often. I'm sure you still would have had maybe a failure or two. We've failed tires at Texas with the same situation where the tire kind of unwinds and eventually pops. You could see this tire in a lot of these replays unwrap. Like literally the, the tire is unwrapping, the tread's unwrapping off of the tire uh, before the tire pops. So um, it's kind of like a, a, a sweater. Once you pull that thread, <laughs> it's just it just all comes unraveled. That's kind of what the tire's doing, and it starts at the, it starts at the out, uh, inside shoulder or the outside shoulder. It starts on one of the shoulders, and it starts to unwrap all the way across the tire, and it and eventually gets to the, you know, gets on gets to the fabric and, and pops pretty quickly. But I've had that happen at a lot of racetracks. We had it happen at Kansas. We had it happen. We had it happen at Kansas, leading the race, running about seventy percent, not even running that hard. Um, in the lead. In the lead, yeah. Uh, we had it happen at. Uh, I jumped out of the bottom groove and went to the high side and was making a lot of good time early in a race at Texas. Just getting up out of that groove into that green racetrack really beats that tire up and unwound a tire there early in a race at Texas one year. You know, I think it's just, I don't know that they, they're, they're definitely probably going to go back and test and try to figure out a better situation. They're going to try to, you know, make sure they don't have that happen again. I know Goodyear's not very excited about what they saw and neither are the drivers, but I don't think it's a situation where we need to panic. Um, aside from those nasty, nasty hits that those drivers took. Oh, true um, Really? Yeah. Oh, man. The, honestly, the angle that Larson hit was the one that concerned me the most. The one that made me cringe the worst was probably Newman's. Okay. And I talking to Newman, he said it it busted the uh, the mirror. Really? Yeah. Like when you shatter the mirror, that's a that's a pretty profound yeah. you know 
what was the one with the in car? Um, was was it Truex's that had the in car where you could see the impact? And it's like, man, I mean, yeah. you, you, you know, as a race car driver, you look at that and you just know how much that hurts. Yeah, you um, those guys hit a ton, um, and you know, we're we're hoping those guys are feeling pretty good today. I've had a few text messages with a couple of them, but you hate to see that. But it was. Uh, Otherwise, outside of that, I mean, I thought the race was really exciting. We had a lot of crashes, man. Those cars were really on edge all day. Restarts were wild. Yes, they were. Uh, broke my heart to see uh, 88 spin out early and not get an opportunity to see what kind of race he could have had. But that that sort of set the tone for what the day was going to be like for a lot of these guys on the restarts. Everybody was getting loose on the bottom, uh, you know, chasing their cars up into traffic on these restarts in turn one and two and turn three and four. Couldn't believe how slick the track was. It needs to be challenging. I know that you know the drivers aren't going to come home and complain. Man, the, you know the cars are too hard to drive. They want them hard to drive. Um, well, you always did. I think all the drivers do. Because what a drive. Why drivers want the cars impossible to drive is because they feel like each and every one of them feels like they're the best driver, and that if you make the car hard to drive, they're going to win the race. Yeah. You know, because nobody else is going to be able to handle it, and they will. So the the drivers are never going to complain about the cars being out of the racetrack or being, you know, they're going to complain to their crew chief to make it better so I can be the best one. But uh, they're never going to complain about the cars being that, you know, track being that slick, cars being that touchy. Uh, it, it makes for really great, great racing and awesome excitement on the restarts. Uh, Kevin Harvick had an unbelievably fast race car, had a lot of problems on pit road, uh, a lot of their own, a lot of problems that uh, they created themselves, some problems that they feel like that the guns created. A lot of back and forth with that. Um, that's going to be interesting to see how the gun situation plays out through the year. They're really pushing back hard on NASCAR now. you got a lot of crew chiefs chiming mm-hmm. in. A lot of people, this ain't one or two guys, and it ain't one or two different guys each week. It's the same people pushing hard on NASCAR. I think that will uh, be effective. Will it be effective now that it's Coach Gibbs? Because, I yeah. mean, that's the first time I've heard him really say something as profound yeah, Coach, as Coach Coach Gibbs, doesn't, he doesn't really make anything up. Or, and when he talks, I think it's important to listen because he doesn't say much very often. He doesn't really weigh into these type of situations that much unless he's serious about it. Gibbs spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to develop one of the best guns that we've ever had in NASCAR. They had a clear advantage over all the teams with the type of gun that they had built. Congratulations to them because they put the effort and the money into it. This is really hurt. This is really difficult for them. Imagine if you were uh, part of that company. It's really difficult for you to say, "Hey, I, now I've got to use this common gun that's exactly. not that's not something I I trust. It's obviously not performing enough well enough for me to trust it. And I've spent all this money. It's really all for nothing. And we've got all these awesome, amazing guns up in the storage unit uh, that we can't use." And I've got to take this gun that I don't trust and don't believe in and don't know whether it's going to work or not each week to the racetrack. So that's got to be difficult for them. Uh, but this push that they're, you know, this push toward towards getting NASCAR to make some changes or take, you know, I know NASCAR's taking it serious. I don't want, you know, we, we're we're hearing the comments from from NASCAR today about how they're reviewing all those those instances and they're trying to make sure that, you know, with the manufacturer that they're understanding these failures, understanding these issues, and they're making the adjustments to try to fix it and alleviate these problems. They don't want to have these problems. NASCAR knows it's not a great look. So I know NASCAR's uh, going to do everything they can, but this push from Harvick, from the crew chiefs, not just Harvick's crew chief, we're talking about a lot of crew chiefs pushing back. This kind of push is really going to, I think, be effective and get NASCAR to move fast. What was your thoughts on this, though? I, I, I want to get in particular. I don't know what Joe Gibbs said, but I know what Kevin Harvick said. 
And uh, I, I will summarize because he had a he had a lot to say about it. But he said the p- pathetic part about the whole thing is the pit guns. The pit guns have been absolutely horrible all year. Our guys do a great job on pit road. And the pathetic part about it is the fact you get handed something that doesn't work correctly. And those guys are just doing everything they can to try to make it right. It's embarrassing for the sport. And then Cole Pern, Martin Truex Jr.'s crew chief, tweeted, and he said he's right, but his team voted for it. NASCAR just gave the RTA what they asked for. What is your reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, I think that the teams did want this. The teams do want this. You know, there was a – I think everybody wants these guns to work, you know, because what we had before was a superior gun over here Mm -hmm. that spent – you know, that cost uh, near a million dollars to develop. Teams trying to find funding just to be able to get to the racetrack much less develop a freaking gun that's going to give them a second advantage at the, you know, on pit road or half a second advantage consistently. The teams wanted to take the advantage away from the right. the tools. The that's teams. what I meant, yes. And, and, and put the advantage back into the, the, pit, the pit crew. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Take it out of the equipment and put it back into the actual people. What we need is we need conversation about who the best tire changer is. Who's yeah. the best carrier? Who's the best jack man? Because that used to be the talk. Yep. That used to be very important. You would celebrate individuals. You would celebrate the crews as a unit. We even had awards for those guys. Uh, We had an all-pro pit crew. We had a second team, a third team. We bragged about the Wood Brothers for years being innovators of the pit stop. You need to be celebrating individuals and groups and teams like that for their ability. And so trying to make a common pit run I think is in everybody's best interest. Everybody wants that. NASCAR wants it, but they've got to figure out why these why these issues are happening and get it to where it's much more dependable. It'd be like NASCAR assigning a spec motor for the truck series and, you know, four or five of them blowing up every yeah, race. Right. They you know, they cannot have this happening and I know NASCAR is going to Maybe they're, you know, it's hindsight is twenty twenty, but maybe we should have tested them a little bit more before we started. That's a tough call to even say sitting one on this couch here. I know. know. One of the things that NASCAR does often, and, and this is a real smart play, is that they introduce this at the lower levels, at the mm-hmm. truck series or Xfinity series. Usually when they want to try something different, whether it's equipment or platform or format or what have you, they introduce it at a, a lower level to sort of test run, you know, test it out. And and maybe that maybe that would have been a you know hindsight's twenty twenty but you know everybody's going to stay on top of this yeah it's it's this is a lot of noise going on this week about it people are upset wanting things to get better I don't think you know I hope they don't throw, you know panic and go go back to allowing teams to develop and and create these guns I think trying to get a common gun for everybody uses and you know the, you still think that's the best option I do okay you know because I only now only because I want to know who the best tire changer is. And I want to know who has the best guys over the wall. Right. This is a perfect segue. I mean, you know, the the best guys need a fist bump, don't they? You know, all the talk uh, yesterday, there was so much dang chatter about this fist bump. Oh, yeah. I don't get what the big deal is. What's your take on it, dude? Well, we got to say exactly what happened here. I mean, like NASCAR failed to not – penalize Kevin Harvick's team for a uh, uncontrolled tire, right? Yeah, yep. I don't think they're related, the two they're issues. They're not but related, yeah. but, but I'm saying but the reason the fist bump is a controversy is because they didn't get penalized for something they should have. Yeah. NASCAR yeah. came out and admitted it. They they made an error in that. And then this GIF or this photo or whatever it is. Basically, of video, five, yeah, basically uh, the network cut to the pit, pit stall of the four car, and there's mm-hmm. a video. There, there you are watching 
the the official and the team have a powwow. And right. they, you know, it it isn't a good look. I mean, regardless, it, and and I think the blame really lays on the official in that situation. You can't have referees high fiving coaches on the sideline. You know, they can't. Because it, you know, because he pulled a flag off the field, because you know, if if they overturn a penalty or something, you can't have them. Yeah, thank you, man. Woo, you know, high five and patting each other on the back. And the the responsibility of being professional in that situation is weighs heavier on the official than it does Harvick, you know, KHI's manager or who, or you the know, car chief or the car chief yeah. or anybody yeah. else yeah. that's in that situation. And and by the way, those conversations happen a lot during a race. Between the officials that are on pit road, if I was an official and, 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 and the an, teams, if I was, it does. It happens often, and it's where it's it's because of the culture in our sport has been we, the we same. We are a traveling family, yeah, yeah. a big family. That's the, what yeah. happens. The, yeah, that's the difference. People between know the each other. That's the difference. NFL between the refer- referees. Yeah. yeah, that's the difference between the referees and football that's teams. True. And that kind of thing. I will. I agree. But at the same time, if I'm an NASCAR official and an, a, sure. and a guy from another team puts his fist out to fist bump me, I'm going to feel weird about that. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go. Ugh. Especially in the middle of competition. Now, if it's Saturday and walking around the garage and he's like, "Hey, man, good job. Uh, your old, your what? You know, y'all had a kid, whatever. That's different." <laughs> or after the race, there when when Andy uh, fist bumped him. Yeah, it, it's a, it's it, you know, in, in our fraternity, it's that's, something to be cognizant of if you're a NASCAR official. It and is. I think that this probably was the the awakening that they wish they didn't have, but <laughs> probably it was it was going to happen eventually. Let's. I'll say this. I mean, I I I understand why it happened, how it happens because it's the culture in our sport. I don't think you should do that going forward. Maybe next time don't right. don't offer up that opportunity or to be in that situation. I thought it was silly. Hey, I we're in a, I, I think we're deal. in a fishbowl, man. Yeah. I mean, you got a good point. I get it. Yeah. But, you know, growing up and racing and stuff too and you you know this, you you have uh relationships with guys and stuff and it's a little different cuz you're in the car, I understand. I know, but in that but, situation where mm-hmm. that in that particular situation is why it bothered people because they had just not called a penalty on them, which a day later they just, gotcha. they're they're saying, "Hey, we should have penalized them." Yep. And there you have video of a fist bump going on and patting each other on the back. Yeah. It just looks bad. It looks yeah. bad. Pe- people looked at it like the Patriots when you know that referee. You know, they, there was that gif going around with the referee patting the guy on the back and yeah. smiling with whatever. But right, it's just not a good look. There's nothing to it. Yeah. No. You know, NASCAR's not playing. People are gonna. People have said for years it, it drives me crazy. NASCAR's got their favorites. This is not true. NASCAR busts everybody's ass the same. <laughs> they might miss a lot of calls, and and they explained this morning how they can't catch every call on pit road. You know they owned just, it, which is awesome. Yeah, that's fine. That's what they got to do. But they can't catch every call every call on pit road, and so that was just a really terrible scenario. But that the responsibility, uh, you know, you got you, your responsibilities to the official. He's the official. Act like an official. It's a non-story. The bigger story was the fact that NASCAR came out and admitted they made a mistake, which I am like you. I thought that was uh, commendable because there were other times when I thought they had those opportunities <laughs> and they didn't. And, Man, what uh, out? And, and, and I thought that was pretty cool. All right. Let's do an Exalta Race Center update. What do you say? This is the Exalta Race Center update. I'm Natalie Sather. Both Cup and Xfinity competed at Texas Motor Speedway over the weekend. On Sunday, Kyle Busch won the O'Reilly Auto Parts 500, making it his first Cup race win of the season over Kevin Harvick. Busch still maintains the points lead. It was a dominating Saturday for the Blaney family. Ryan Blaney won the My Bariatic Solutions 300 NASCAR Xfinity Series race, while his dad, Dave Blaney, former NASCAR driver, won a sprint car race at Port Royal Speedway later that day. Junior Motorsports drivers Elliot Sadler finished 8th, Michael Annette 15th, Tyler Reddick 23rd, and Justin Allgaier 35th. 
Junior Motorsports late models were scheduled to compete at Wake County Speedway, but Mother Nature had other plans. The race is rescheduled to August 25th. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, visit exaltacs.com. All right, let's do some Ask Junior segment. Let's do some Ask Junior segment. That sucked. Here we go. <laughs> no, you don't get to redo it. I don't? You don't. Yeah, Dale didn't get to redo it. I don't it. get to redo it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair Try enough. Do better. Let's just do, hey, let's just do Ask Junior. Do better this. next week. Remember, I screwed, do better. I, I screwed this up about every week, actually. So, uh, okay. Let's do some Ask Junior segment. <laughs> it's time for Ask Junior. I got a question. You have a question for me? Hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag Ask Junior. Say if your question doesn't suck, we may answer it. All right, man. Uh, all the fans chiming in uh, with some questions. And I'll tell you what, this week's questions probably some of my favorite ones. There was one I missed last week, and Davis gave me crap about it. So we're putting it in uh, here this week. It's awesome. It's a great question, though. Troy LeCount uh, wanted to ask, hey, he said, let's face it, you're very famous, Dale, and a recognizable guy. Have you ever worn a disguise to conceal your identity? And if so, what disguise was the most ridiculous? Only once have I done this. We were, okay, so Richmond, Virginia, we're racing. We're going we're gonna to park our car across the street from the fairgrounds. So this is about maybe, um, I don't know, a half-mile walk from the garage all the way to where the car's parked out through where, you know, out through the grandstands where everyone else who's attended the race will be exiting the, the venue. So I decided for one, and the first time we were going to do this particular escape or this was our plan for, you know, we have a different plan for trying to get out of the races and get to the airport as quickly as possible and not really get stuck in traffic. And this was our plan. And this is the first time we're trying this plan. So I got a Bobby Labonte hat and T-shirt and a grandstand seat cushion or a cooler or something, some That's small right. cooler. It was. And I try. I, I think I walked to the car as a fan. Yeah, he did. He did. I remember so this. Nobody looked. nobody recognized you. Not, right? not only did anybody not recognize him, but it was funny. I remember I was walking behind him, and he was <laughs> he was carrying the cooler and the seat cushion and a, and a hat. He looked like a race fan. High five we, anybody? We, we had a like, miserable <laughs> race that day. We had yeah. a miserable race that day. And there were people talking about Junior's race. Like, yeah. hey, where did he finish anyways? And they were literally walking right next to him. Yep. <laughs> it was funny. I've, I've, I know Labonte's, uh, Bobby and Terry once did it at Martinsville where they well, that's Bobby where did it all the time. That's and they walked I, out with a cooler. All right, that's how I got that idea. Oh, really? Was that I'd heard that Bobby would do that. <laughs> so I got that idea and wore his hat and shirt. Yeah. In honor of it. In honor of his <laughs> idea. Yeah, I went out to the souvenir stand and got the got the shirt. Did you get a real hat. cheesy one? Yeah, I mean, well, like, I, but as cheesy as possible. Yeah. I want the Kellogg's cornflake rooster. You, I mean, you could go up and blindly point into a <laughs> souvenir hauler and probably get something pretty cheesy. Yes, you could. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, Judy wanted to know uh, what was your favorite toy growing up? My favorite toy. I mean, I would have to say there was one. That I've been looking for and I can't find, and uh, it it was a football passer. So this it was about I don't know three foot tall, mm-hmm. and it was sort of a slingshot, and the pla- the football was plastic, really hard on the fingers when it was cold trying to catch this thing, but it's a plastic football with a hole all the way through it, 
and it slid down this metal rod to uh and and the the slingshot would you know it clip in and you'd you'd set a timer for like you know to so you could go out and run your pattern so you'd set like a five second pattern you know timer or ten second timer <laughs> and it'd start ticking and you'd go over and go hike and take off running run your pattern and you could aim it you know whichever way and it'd throw a good spiral about fifteen twenty yards and about the same distance every time and uh I just would play with that thing over and over all day I'd put on my pads. And I had a whole suit. My mom got me a suit, and I was—I would dress up as a football player for Halloween for like six years straight. But I had the the pants, the head, you know, the shoulder pads, the shirt, the helmet, and all that good stuff. And I would just play with this thing. And eventually, I was keeping it outside because I didn't know any better. And eventually, the the uh, the rubber band, the the slingshot rubber band part dry rotted and busted. I've looked all over the internet and eBay for one, and it just must not have been a real common thing because I can't even find an old picture, a vintage picture of one. Really? Yeah, so I don't know where she, my mom bought that for me. I don't know where she found it, but it's about four foot tall, and it, you know, it it, it had about a 45 degree angle that it would shoot this damn football off this steel rod. Would it zip it? Would it I mean, how hard would it It was kind of an arc. A little bit of arc? Okay. Yeah. But when it was 30 degrees outside, it'd bust your fingers open trying to catch it. Hey, did you guys, either of you have that Hot Wheels or Mattel car city that sort of like folded up into almost like a suitcase, but yeah. then you could unfold it and it was like this S that would no. come down a hill? You, you never had no. that? No. Oh, man. That was such when a I was toy. When I was little, I had tons of Matchbox cars and I painted them all uh, like the real cars out on did the you track. sand them down and paint them no no i didn't know how to sand car little matchbox cars back then i just painted over them <laughs> if you you know those big oval rugs yes yeah. and yes. so yeah. if you rolled the ends of those oval rugs under it would make banking <laughs> and so anyone whenever i went to anyone's house if they had the bigger one if they had a little one i'd use that little yeah. short track but if they have the big one i'd roll the corner the ends of it up and sit in the middle of it and have a race Oh, I mean, I was good. Look, Gossage, do your do your tracks like this, and then you give yeah. him the uh, the rug. The and rug. Say, this is the perfect bag right here. If that rug was in any of these houses I was at, you know, because my parents split up, I was all over aunts, uncles, yeah. grandmas, this, this, you know, here and there. Um, you had a circuit. Wherever, yeah, <laughs> that rug was in the house, I was gold. I didn't need nothing the rest of the day. That's hilarious. That's so awesome. his his favorite toy may have been a rug. <laughs> It's it was favorite an accessory. Track. Yeah. Favorite track. There All right, uh, Michael Henry wants to know: Did you ever have? Do you ever have plans to maybe someday own a racetrack? Heck no. <laughs> um, me and Tony Junior had joked that when we retired, we were going to build a dirt track. We were going to have a strictly one series, just street stocks. We're going to pay two thousand to win. We were going to have we were going to have heat races and A main, C main, B main, but just with one series. So if you want to race here, you're going to have one series, and we would have a Whiskey River off of turn four or That's whatever right. that everybody would go to after the race. Um, <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. One division, you'd have a lot of cars, I especially know. if you have a bar there. That's all you need is cars <laughs> to be able to have all the races you want all night long. Yeah. You could you could race you know, from 7 to 10 or and, and be done and then go to the bar. And I don't know why that wouldn't work. But it's, that, if, it's I did, if, if I did on a racetrack, that would be the. I'm surprised you'd go dirt. I just think it's easy to manage, low maintenance, and it's a good bar. I mean, if you're gonna have a bar at the racetrack, yeah, dirt track bars. Uh, dirt track sounds bars. a lot cooler. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. All right. Uh, if I ever do, that's our model. 
<laughs> I like it. I'd go. Uh, Cameron Davison wants to know, uh, <laughs> I like this. Have you ever gone all days of thunder on another driver in a rent-a-car? Mm. Rent um, you know, we got funny. Tell the truth. We got cute sometimes bumping into people and stuff. We never, yeah. don't, we never hit doors. You know, you can't. Gotcha. You can't be doing that. Um, but Who's yeah, we? we isn't who. who, who is I don't who? remember. I just know that you know we've taken some real cars and hit bumpers before, yeah. but we've never door. Just you push put somebody a through a drive-through, pushing through a red light. You know, it's fun yeah. things like that, right? Something like that. Yeah. Do you recall any uh, instances uh, in particular, uh, especially in your younger younger years? Nope. No, really. No. I all remember right. one that in Daytona for a test, and I, and and Paul Morris. And uh, Owen Kelly were there. I think it was a test. I don't think it was Speed Weeks, but I remember them just really kind of wearing out a, a rental car, yeah. and, and they were friends of ours, so we sort of had to take accountability for that. Yeah, I remember that. Hmm. All right. Paul, Morris, Paul Morris and who he is is a, another whole episode yeah. that we'll one day he's, do. Yeah, once he's back in the States, we should get him Good on the show. Good heavens. He's another great follower on Instagram, Paul Morris. I don't follow him. I follow him because he does stories all day. Okay. He's hilarious. Australians have this hilarious sense of humor. Pers- their perspective on life is really interesting to me. And so I get my I get my feel watching his stories on Instagram is really entertaining to me. Uh, Lisa Ann says, uh, Kenny Wallace relayed a story about Kyle Petty getting so angry at a speeding pen- penalty once that he did it on purpose six more times. Have you ever done anything like that? Have I? Have you ever... The question is what? Have you he got so pissed off at a penalty one time that he just literally just did it over and over again just to be yeah, like, I don't mm. think you've done no. that, but I've, you've been plenty pissed off at penalties before. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things when it comes – this wasn't a penalty, and I don't know why this even comes to mind, but, like, there was an incident early in your career when Kurt Busch had done something to oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, followed and, it. Yeah. And, and you went right up on his ass, and they were warning you to not do that, and you were pretending like there were radio problems, and yep. like I can't hear y'all, and so you just kind of persisted to do it, and and until you were done. Yeah, uh, Kurt turned us off turn two at Rockingham, and so uh, they fixed my car, and I got back out there, and I had a torp car, but new tires, so I was able to keep <laughs> up with him, and I just sit there and rode right on his bumper forever, long enough that he finally realized I wasn't going to do anything. But um, Tony Senior was like, "Stop, just quit doing what you're doing." I was like, I don't hear you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yes, you do. You better freaking quit or I'm going to whoop your ass. And I was like, all right. All right. I don't want Tony Sr. to whoop my ass. <laughs> I think the other thing that comes to mind is one time we were testing at Darlington, and there was only about four cars there, so the garage area wasn't very busy. And I ran about a 10 or 15-lap run, and it was early in the test, so it wore the tires out really quick. I came in the garage I said, I'm ready for another set of tires. These are junk. And Tony said, I think we can get another run out of them. And so I started doing donuts in the garage <gasps> before I came to my pit stall. What? Or garage stall. <laughs> so, like, right at the right at the turn of the garage, I just gassed it and did, like, five donuts. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, hard, hard race-winning donuts. <laughs> and then I pulled into the garage. And it was, like, literally 40 yards from Tony Sr. and them. And I said, all right, I think they're done. <laughs> I want some tires, damn it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, I that's see ruthless. Their reaction. <laughs> I know, right? That was one of them deals. Anytime you ever did that with Tony Sr., it was going to go one of two ways. He was going to whoop your ass or he was going to laugh and love it. What did he it's do? It's a risk. Oh, he, he, didn't, he didn't whoop he my didn't ass that day. But it was a risk that you took. 
when you were messing with Tony Senior. <laughs> he didn't never go down the middle like, ah, yeah. yeah, whatever. He was either red faced, pissed, or yeah. cackling, laughing. Hey, one more thing that you used to do out of spite. I think we're kind of doing things out of spite here. He used to get mad at NASCAR, especially in the Budweiser days at DEI, because uh, you know he would park in a garage during practice, and then the fans would be so there would be so many that <laughs> it would really kind of interfere with productivity for the race team. You know, you got the tire guy trying to usher in new tires and this, that, and the other. So then Dale Jr., I think that your dad started this. I don't know. But he would then go get out of his car, not tell us a thing. He would never give you a heads up. He'd grab a Sharpie, and he'd go sit at the back of the NASCAR hauler and just do an autograph session. <laughs> yeah. A, a full really? autograph session. Yeah. And do it for, you know, a half hour. I've never seen Mate, that. Nobody wow. could go in the NASCAR hauler. No, Mike Helt, nobody could go in there. <laughs> and he would never say anything, but he would do it. And then the point was well taken. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to interfere with my productivity? I'm going to interfere with yours. Yeah, that's I try it. to give him a taste of what that was like for the cruise, you know, yeah. to not have some sort of – and all, I, it really was – all I needed was to figure out how we could – you create a better control of the situation in the garage, you know, because you're driving in the garage and about run over people walking around that aren't, they don't seem to know that there's a practice going on, you know. Um, yeah, I did that trying to show them how congested the garage was because this was before hot passes. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, this was before, the hot pass situation helped a lot, but it was basically a free for all. Garage would be slammed full of people, right, you know, right in the middle of practice. All right, one last one, real quick. Uh, Tammy, uh, Amy just had her baby shower. Actually, I think she had multiple ones this weekend, right? Um, her question was, what gift from that baby shower or those baby showers do you have no idea how to use? I love them, probably. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I haven't had a chance to. I've been pretty busy this weekend with the broadcast, and I haven't even seen all the things that Amy's gotten this okay. particular. We got we had two showers, one Saturday and one Sunday. And I haven't really had a chance. It's just a pile of stuff in the house, and I haven't had a chance to go look through it. But I was talking to Amy, and we made a big pact to keep May wide open because the baby's supposed to come the second, and I didn't book any work so that I could be home uh, as much as possible in May to help Amy that first month at least. Yeah. Well, what I didn't think about was how nervous I was going to be in April at any of these any of the times when I'm leaving to go out of town to work, yeah, I'm like, God, I don't, I didn't even think about this, and I don't want to leave. I, I wish I, I don't want to be not, you know, I don't, I want to be here when this goes down. I want to be the one that drives Amy to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to ask someone else to do that. And meet, yeah, God, and because I've been there through the whole part, I wanna, I want to be the one. That I've thought about this. I've dreamed about, you know, daydreamed about driving her to the hospital and what that's going to be like that's and taking her experience yeah taking her into the lobby and all those things and how I, I, I don't want to i don't want to not be there when that happens so anytime i'm going out of town in april to do something it makes me really feel bad uh and wish i was not but yesterday was particularly tough because the shower was over at mamaw's house in my dad's childhood home and so the opportunity to see kel or see amy's family in that house with all the other Earnhardts, the ants and everybody, all together doing something would have been really awesome to see. I, I told Amy, I said, when, when you're sitting there opening them presents, just take a second to look around the room and realize exactly what's going on and how special that is and how excited people are that you're in our family and part of our family. And hopefully, I'm sure she did, but I wished I would have been able to see that. I hate that I didn't get to see that yesterday, but 
Um, so yeah, this this month going out of town, like I, I've I've got a few obligations in the next couple of weeks, and I'm gonna be super freaking nervous. And I didn't think about that; I didn't plan that very well. But May after May, I'll you be, got a backup plan at least. You got somebody like a stand-in because we did, you know, when now, when you know Eric got, he's got a jet. I mean, that's, no, like, but I'm talking about somebody to get she Amy. Needs yeah, to get to the darn hospital. Yeah, okay, uh, we got we got good. yeah we got a way to fix that. But I hope that doesn't have to come into play. All right, good stuff. Thank you, Ask Junior. Uh, Thank you, fans, for asking your questions. <laughs> Hold on, it's what's not as easy as it sounds. Out. Thank you for that. Keep them coming. Hashtag ask. I Junior. think Karma's really come around. And got Mike today. <laughs> he right. picked on you about yeah, that opening ever since beginning. he's tanked. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do. Did you see that? Did you see that? All right, man. So the did you see that this week is <laughs> they, we got a good one. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I know what you're about to say. <laughs> so, apparent, uh, I saw this video on, so, uh, on social media. Uh, <laughs> the ARCA series was at the Nashville Fairgrounds, and so the Super Late models were there as well. Stephen Wallace and Mason Mingus got into it on the racetrack. Big. And apparently, it ended up with Mason in the fence. They parked Stephen. So, there they are, both in the garage during the race, angry. Mason confronted Stephen physically. Uh, there's no video of that that I'm aware of. What the video that we do have and that everybody's seen on social media is pretty much the tail end of everything. Uh, it starts with Stephen Wallace and a bunch of other people on the ground. Uh, Stephen gets up and throws some guy clear across the, the, the garage, and then a sheriff is there. Apparently, uh, someone that was at the race says there's a lot of sheriffs walking around oh, on yeah. that complex, so they must have these kind of has got that thing in control. Yeah. Which is great, because uh, when it does go down, you definitely want the law to be able to step in and stop it, not let it escalate, because that could have gotten pretty bad. That was a real mess. A lot of people in that physically fighting. You know, anytime it gets to a physical fisticuffs, people on the ground, people bleeding, uh, it's good when the law's in the, in town. I just couldn't, you know, you don't see that that often. <laughs> you don't see that kind of stuff outside but, of but Bowman do, Gray Stadium. But yeah, I was going to say, but when you do, Stephen Wallace is... Half the time involved in it because uh, uh, he's been in a few. Steven's a big boy. Yeah, he is. And uh, he, took, uh, he sure took care of things on the track, though, because I mean, he and Mingus got into it a few times before the incident had a period put on it. And, yeah. You know, uh, Mingus went after him in the pit area there. I've got a beef with that. Okay. okay. And my beef is kind of, and some people won't like this, but my beef is Roger Slack one time told us he got, got gathered Roger, Roger Slack, who, uh, uh, promotes races at Eldora, uh-huh. and his uh, his family's promoted races for years. He used to work with Charlotte Motor Speedway, and when we were running a street stock race one time at Charlotte, he uh, told us, "Hey, hundred and fifty dollar bonus to anybody that fights in front of the grandstands." Oh, geez. Okay, well, the whole th- knock I have about Mingus going after him, I'm just gonna say it. Not gonna be popular, is dude. Don't do that behind the tunnel in the backstretch where nobody could see it. Get out of that car and whoop his butt then. Yeah, like they do at Bowman Gray. That's just my opinion. I know it's not the popular opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, it might be a popular opinion. It's just, uh, you know. I don't know that it's really that popular of opinion about where it happened. I mean, we don't really know the, the particulars about how, where they were and where they, I they mean. They were outside of the tunnel. You know how in Nashville. Well, no, I'm saying as, a, as the accident happens. Oh, okay. Mingus is you. in the fence. Wallace drives away. Yeah, true. They parked him. So. He's no way for him to get to Wallace. True. Then they park him. And the, the quickness, he got to him as soon as he freaking possibly could, yeah. apparently. Because yeah. uh, the what, well, the rumor that I heard was that he walked right up to him and popped him. He didn't oh, even yeah. say anything. Oh. So, yeah. He, he had a bloody lip. Oh, yeah. He popped him a few times, I believe, before we get to where we the video we, we pick up where the video is. Gotcha. You know, I don't have a dog in that fight. I do know that 
I will say this. Um, you know, Stephen Wallace, regardless of what you think about him, uh, has done some really cool things for me <laughs> when I was when I've, I've known him a while. Growing up as the son of a popular race car driver isn't easy. Growing up as Rusty Wallace's son, I imagine, could have been difficult at times. You know, Rusty was much like my dad, where racing was the number one focus in his life, and you you fell somewhere where you know in the you fell down the line where, depending on the day, you might have been in the top five. And so, um, and and I won't list the things that Stephen's done, but uh, for me personally, but I know him as a pretty yeah pretty decent guy, you know, and he's wild like uh, redneck wild, you know, and so seeing him fight in the garage. It doesn't really surprise me that much and doesn't change my opinion of him. Um, do I agree with everything he does? I don't know. I didn't see what happened. I don't always agree with everything he does. I haven't agreed with everything he's done on the racetrack, but my dealings with him have always been great. He saved my ass a couple times, uh, actually uh, took care of some things for me that you know really made me appreciate him as a, as a person. As far as doing things outside of the car for his friends, for people he knows, is he's a good guy. He's going to you know he's gonna he's gonna come through in those situations. That's cool. I mean, by the way, I I didn't mean to suggest that uh, I was giving disparaging marks about Stephen Wallace. I'm just saying I can count. I probably need two hands to count the the post race altercations that are just in my head that I he's fiery, the ones man. I know about. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Busch. You know, wasn't he the one that grabbed Kyle Busch by the helmet and shook him around a little bit? Yeah. Stephen um, Wallace. In the yeah, Infinity that's true. Series. There was there was almost every race and. I'm not saying that he was to blame. I'm, Steven, a lot of times they went up to him. Kind of like that. I, I, I feel, yeah, I feel comfortable saying this. Stephen Wallace was a designated driver for me one time. I was I was too intoxicated to drive home. <laughs> okay, and he got me home. And I think you know, I don't care what you say about Stephen. Yeah. Not going to change my opinion about him. <laughs> DD's like one of the most important people in your life. Yeah, darn straight. But, and he, did, I didn't even ask him to do it, and he did that. He took care of. He you. took care of not only me but my vehicle, and. Never asked for anything in return. Didn't even, uh, you know, I didn't have to ask him to do it. It was really cool. And uh, that's just one thing, you know. Yeah, I like Steven. He's a good guy. I, I don't even know this Mason Mingus guy. But screw him. He ain't never I been a DDME. I don't even know him. I can't say <laughs> screw him because I don't yeah. know the guy. He, hey, I like the fact that he stood up for himself. So I do, there too. There you go. Yeah. I like, I like the fact that I he. I feel bad uh, for the old man that got slung to the ground. Well, don't be in the middle of it. You don't want to get slung exactly. around. Exactly. Stay in the exterior. Yeah. If Maybe. you can't handle the damn heat, if you get out of the kitchen. If you everybody. don't want to get in the – you have to <laughs> – they're like, they're like Pedro Martinez slamming Don Zimmer to the ground. You know what I'm no, saying? No, but the bottom line is, like he said, yeah. you know, if you're going to go at the racetrack, I've been in a few altercations myself. Don't get in it if you don't want the consequences that go with possibly losing. That's, that's you're, you got to realize you're Nashville Fairgrounds, and if there's a fight going on, and you don't like fighting? Don't go over there. <laughs> don't go over there. Go sit in the holler. Dillner, real quick, what was the altercation just a couple years ago that you filmed that was so popular on Pit Road? You get within 10 feet of that fight, you're liable to like get into it. Keselowski, man. <laughs> I was right in the middle of that. I mean, I thought I was going to get blood on me, dude. It was get, awesome. You could get punched by association yeah. if Is you're 10 one, feet from this the, fight. The one, where Har- <laughs> the one where Harvick pushed him into Gordon? Well, yeah, well, my favorite story about that, by the way, is – I got there's an amazing photo of that Keselowski Gordon fight. Yeah. Okay, and <laughs> so I get this amazing photo given to me of it. And if you look in the background, there's Zippadelli man in the back and he's laughing. So I go up to him and a few weeks later I'm like, Hey man, check out this picture and he's like, Oh yeah, that's a good picture. I'm like and I zoom into his face and he starts chuckling and I'm like, Tell me what you were thinking about right there. And he goes, Well, Harvick just looked at me and said five seconds before that, 
hey, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he did it. That's uh, funny. Well, good stuff. All right, let's go to White Flag. Keep coming, bud. White Flag, bud. White Flag right there. White Flag. White Flag. Dale Jr., you're leaving today. I mean, you don't have a busy week, but you do have a busy day today. Yeah. You're heading to uh, a speaking engagement. This is something, this is also new for Retirement Dale. Retirement Dale now does speaking engagements. Did you yeah. know that, Matthew? What are you speaking about? Uh, I'm going to the Fidelity Information Services. Ah, hell, I don't know. What he's is speaking this? about himself because clearly he's not speaking about Fidelity uh, uh, Information yeah. Services. There's but, about 400 uh, folks. I'm going yeah. over there to talk to him a little bit. Yeah. So uh, that'll be fun. We'll see how that goes. But uh, I do this for uh, you know I do this with a lot of my partners. And it's a lot of fun. Well, this um, is a paid deal. Yeah, but I do this for a lot of my partners, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, but we like to get paid, too. That's even funner. I know, but I do this. I've done this. This is not like the first – what I'm saying is it's not like the first time I've ever done this. This is going to do the same thing that I do for other partners. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it. But if and you want to pay him – No, we're not – this isn't an advertisement. This is not an advertisement. Are you uncomfortable right now? And and don't call, don't call asking me to come the rest any time this month or next month. In May, he wants yeah. May. Yeah, May's yeah. off the board. May second. If you want him to speak at your engagement, May second, he's available. I'm kidding. Yeah. All right. Uh, as I said, it's not much of a busy week. Uh, do we want to mention that we have a basketball draft this week? Yeah, I was just DMBL. trying to look at the uh, yeah the DMBL's cranking back up. We got a draft this week. Five teams, six players per team. We'll. We'll have a lot to talk about as far as the season as, as the season goes. We'll, six players per team, and that's including we'll be your bringing bench up guys. Six players on each team. Period. Five period. teams, six players All on right. each team. It's three on people. three basketball. Three oh, on okay. three. You're a captain, and uh, so you will be drafting. Have you been preparing for no. it? Okay. Well, can I tell you about me? I'll prepare tomorrow. I, I don't plan to give my best effort this year. Oh, so, so, so are you so captain? Take, no, no, no. I'm telling oh. him uh, my draft status needs to be prepares to only be half throttle. Well, because your knee's all messed up from the ski trip still, probably. It is, yeah. So, And I plan, plan to go half throttle. So take that into consideration, Mr. Captain. There uh, you go. Yeah. So whatever. I'm. Uh, <laughs> he was texting the entire time. He has you know, no I, idea I, what we just said. I, I want to advertise him every time he – I want to put an advertisement on the time he You're trying to tell me looks, about your draft it, it, stock and no, 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 DBL no, no. like no, he no, like cares about that. Like, like <laughs> when you were doing NBC, uh, did, how many times did you look at your phone? I drafted you last year expecting a lot more than I got. So he was disappointed. Yeah. How many times You've been released. At, how many times did you look Definitely at your phone? Definitely going to reevaluate the way I look we, at you. We started this show. He was looking at his phone completely missed the intro song. And now he's looking at his email again. But you can't do that because you messed up. Advertise this moment right here. Up. Who wants to pay us money? We will put your brand on every time Dale Jr. looks at his phone or gets distracted. All drivers that hit the fence yesterday told me they feel fine today. Beautiful. Oh, is that what you were just looking See, at? See, he yeah. was working. Oh. No, Who was it? No, I don't, all the drivers. I feel no different. <laughs> all of them said they, <laughs> they feel fine. They They're all okay. texted you right now. All right. All right. Well, that's White Flag. By the way, WendellJr'sRide.com is where you can go to buy a raffle ticket. I just knew Mike was so concerned. About WendellJuniorsRide.com. So you should go there, buy your ticket, and that's all I got for White Flag. I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't buy a ticket for this WendellJuniorsRide.com, I mean, this is the this is the year. I've had all these cars in my garage. I've drove them all. This car is the car. So you can, you'll can you know what I'm talking about when you go on my social media handles and see this image of this Corvette. Yep. It's silver, 300, what is it? 500, 650 650 foot-pounds of torque, 650 
horsepower. It's incredible what this car can do. I've been driving it around. I ain't gonna drive it too much, but I'm supposed to drive it. You know, when it's when my car. So I'm out there putting some miles on it, taking it around town, enjoying it. I've just I'm just saying I've done this for several years now, and this is by far my favorite one. This is the one he's gonna have a little bit more difficult time parting with. This is the one I'm most excited about. And when you win, by the way, when you win the ride, Dale Jr. hands over the keys. I mean, it's a it's a personal moment between Dale Jr. and the winner. He hands over the keys. You take pictures. You come here to Junior Motors. Reluctantly. We treat you. We treat, <laughs> yeah, this time he's going to just kind of hang on to him a little tighter this time. So, um, But anyways, windowjuniorsride.com. And that's it, boys. Another good one. Appreciate y'all. Take it easy.